Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard. Hope you're hanging in there during this pandemic. I don't know what to tell you other than it's been really, really rough for a lot of people. And I know it's difficult and I know we will get through this. And if you can, in any way, stay positive and we will figure it out somehow, some way, and get to the end of the tunnel. I know we will. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the show during these times, and especially this special six-part series on the JFK assassination, starting with Jim Mars, then Gordon Ferry, then Zach Shelton, all incredible experts, the best in the world on the JFK assassination, and then the last three parts with Lee Harvey Oswald's mistress, Judith Very Baker, today being the last of six parts. I know you're going to enjoy this as much as I do. This has been incredibly impactful and inspired by the Bob Dylan song that just came out 17 minutes long, entitled Murder Most Foul, which I play five parts in every episode of the song, and I've never done that before, but I know you'll be blown away not only by the song, but by the content of the episodes. So again, I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. If you need to reach me, you can do so at Instagram, at BarryCats, and at Twitter, or at BarryCats.com. And without further ado, part six of six parts of the JFK assassination experts. Please welcome Judith Very Baker. Hey, everybody, before I get started with Judith Very Baker, 
I want to talk to you about an amazing documentary that I worked on a few years back called I Killed JFK, which was unlike anything I ever did in my life. It's centered on a man who'd been in prison for 30 years, who's the only person in history to have admitted to killing Kennedy, and his story is unbelievable. He started as a runner for the mob. He was hired to drive two hitmen from that city around Dallas, and he ended up being the guy who calibrated their weapons. And he was there that day with one of his own and took the fatal shot that killed John F. Kennedy on the grassy knoll. His story, the footage, the interviews, never been seen before. You can't find them anywhere else except on this documentary. So go to barrycats.com to the merch page and buy the documentary with the rare interviews of the five greatest historical experts in the world, many of which you'll hear on the next three weeks of podcasts. So just go to barrycats.com, the merch page, pick up the documentary and interviews, and I guarantee it will reverse the way you feel about what happened that day in 1963 and change your opinion of the government and how it works and alter the way you think about things forever. Here we go in three, two. This show will have laughter. I got everybody pregnant with Barry Katz and semen. I'm not comfortable with the tone this is taking. If you're undeniable, you will not be denied. If you want to be successful in show business, you get yourself a Jew white manager like Barry Katz. <laughs> Being a manager is just turning no's into yeses. Creating holy shit moments. Undeniable. You fucking firing me up, Katz. I love this man. Is there anything else I should know? You're on. What? Now Barry Katz. Back in the house. 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 Let's do this. It was a dark day in Dallas, November 63. A day that would live on in infamy. President Kennedy was a right line Good day to be living and a good day to die He led to the slaughter like a sacrificial lamb He said, wait a minute, boys, you know who I am? Of course we do, we know who you are Then they blew off his head while he was still in the car Shot down like a dog in broad daylight Was a matter of timing and the timing was right You got unpaid debts We've come to collect We're gonna kill you with hatred Without any respect We'll mock you and shock you And we'll put it in your face We've already got someone here to take your place The day they blew out the brains of the king Thousands were watching, no one saw a thing It happened so quickly, so quick by surprise Right there in front of everyone's eyes Greatest magic trick ever under the sun Perfectly executed, skillfully done Wolfman, oh Wolfman, oh Wolfman, how Rub-a-dub-dub, it's a murder most found So he was one of the guys when you said, when it was getting hot and heavy and you said, hey, 
let's pray to Jesus and see if he no, says it's okay. He school. prayed to Jesus and he got down on his knees and Jesus said it was okay. Well, you're getting close. Here's what happened. Lieb actually broke up with me at one point. He he said, I can't do this. He says, my children, I, if, if we go off like this, I, I may never see them. It'll be years maybe before I see them. And he, he walked out and I cried. But then I, I, I gave him a, 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 I had a note I left for him. And anyway, I said, you know, I understand we mustn't interfere with your family. It, it was a heartbreaking decision for him. I knew that. I, I knew it. Well, here you see in the, uh, a book, it's anti-Oswald book, it says, for some reason, Lee was crying. And his wife was saying, go ahead, cry on, whatever it is. He says, I don't know what to do. That's what he was saying. Well, it was because of what we were going through. Well, a few days later, a couple days later, actually, uh, I saw him coming. And uh-oh. And what does he see? He sees a collie dog that was a friend of ours uh, that the landlady had started running after a cat. The cat went up the tree and got stuck. So Lee pulled the ladder out and he went up and he said, you know, come on, Mr. Cat, I'm going to get you down. And then he uh, let it go and it was screaming and squalling and scratched him and everything, but he got it down. And then I saw that he, we had a key so he could get in. I saw him, he's going for the key. So I went under the bed. I didn't want, I was so embarrassed. I said, go away, go away. You know, your family is more important. Well, there I'm under the bed and I've got dust bunny on my nose and everything like that. I'm just look ridiculous. I've got tears all over my face and I can see his shoes are all scuffed up. He was wearing his, his uh, 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 Marine shoes at that time. And he got down on his knees, he said, well, I planned to get down on my knees to you, but I didn't think it, I'd have to look at you under the bed. And he finally got me out from under the bed. And he said, I just can't do it. He says, I just can't, I, I can't, I can't let you go. And I said, well, find a way so that you can see your children, you know. And so we embraced and then uh, the landlady let us have the keys. Now I hadn't slept with him. Oh, we came close, but I just couldn't do it. I, I felt it was wrong because we had these standards. He did too. He didn't want to cheat on his wife. I didn't want to cheat on my husband, but I had the craziest marriage you could imagine. And, and she was, well, I'll put it this way. They didn't get along. They were going to divorce anyway. So we went off to the Roosevelt Hotel. And well, here's what's the interesting part. When he's still there in the room, he said, will you marry me? And I said, I'm not going to answer you. And he says, I know why, because Baker, Never asked you to marry you, did he? He just said, I'm going to come marry you. And he didn't get your ring or anything, did he? So he took his ring off and laid it on the floor. And he said, I promise when I come to you, I won't be wearing this damned ring. Now, the reason he said that is because when we walked together, my wedding ring was on my left hand. His wedding ring, because of being Soviet marriage, was on his right. And they, they clicked together. It made us feel terrible. That's so I'm ta telling you about the morals and worries that we had. Now you will learn that on the last day when Lee Oswald leaves Friday morning, he left his wedding ring behind on the dresser. With $170. And, and yes, and the $170, but you see he left everything he could for Marina, but that was such a message to me because I know if he could have gotten out there alive, we would have been together. Please marry me, I said, Okay, if you ask me a hundred times, I will. You know that man did ask me one hundred times, will you marry me? And when he said number one hundred, I said yes. And we gave our vows.
to whatever God there might be. And in our minds, we were married. So that's the way it was. How many weeks or days was that from November 22nd, 1963? Well, I've never counted the days like that, but, but gosh, I, didn't, I guess I just didn't do it. Usually I could give you an immediate answer, but we were even in bed together naked before then. Uh, but we didn't have sex together. It's, I can't tell you what it was like to be with him because he was so gentle and patient with me. One time I was so exhausted that he just warmed me up So because I, I would have gotten sick. Uh, so to me, sex begins when you're doing things like that, even though we hadn't consummated. So you're saying you were never fully intimate with him? Oh, no, no, I was. I'm saying that where you would say we had sex is very mechanical compared to where I would, because right even in, in May, we were very close physically, but without having sex. I know that may sound weird to others, but... No, it doesn't sound, I, it doesn't sound weird. So when did you finally have sex or you never did? Oh, no, we did. Boy, did we ever. <laughs> <laughs> we had plenty. Oh, my gosh. Oh, sure. There's no problem there. It's just that uh, to actually, we, we had sex. So let me put it this way. Lee left Riley's on July 19th, Friday, when he was fired over a green glass. Well, we were already having sex at Riley's before that. He even had a key to Riley's. And, uh, by the way, I put my initial J on his time cards. We had, I had to cover for him. That's why we had these cover jobs going on. You can read all the details. I have the documents. I have his time cards with my initial J on them. And I kept evidence to prove that I was the secretary for the vice president of Riley's. Can you imagine me being a secretary? I was dreadful. Oh, just dreadful wasn't my my cup of tea at all. Anyway, one time we actually we were so desperate uh, we uh, went to next door where there was a red van that belonged to the city or something like that. It was being fixed and we got inside and and, and we tried to make love in the van and we almost died of heat prostration. So we had our <laughs> bad moments. So then we started going to hotels and that was due to uh, his name was C. L S and that was Clay Laverne Shaw gave Lee money. We didn't trust that. It's the only time really I saw money like that changing uh, hands or heard about it. Now when Lee and I had to part and I was sent back to Florida, he said, I don't want to lose you. He, I said, you can't lose me. And I'm, my bags were packed. He gave me $400. It turned out that Lee was getting $200 a month from the FBI and four and $200 a month also for the CIA. He gave me his whole month's worth. And then I found out he had to save somehow that money so he could go to Mexico City. Between the time I saw him last and when I saw him on TV, he had lost at least 15 pounds and he didn't have a lot of extra weight to lose. So he was much thinner. And he was, it says in the, the anti-Oswald book that for some reason he was starving himself. And I know he was doing that to save money so that because he'd given me all his money for the whole month. Hush little children, you'll understand. The 
The Beatles are coming, they're gonna hold your hand Slide down the banister, go get your coat Ferry across the mercy and go for the throat There's three bumps coming all dressed in rags Pick up the pieces and lower the flags I'm going to Woodstock, it's the Aquarian age Then I'll go over to Altamont and sit near the stage Put your head out the window, let the good times roll There's a party going on behind the glassy door Stack up the bricks, pour the cement Don't say Dallas don't love you, Mr. President Put your foot in the tank and step on the gas Try to make it to the triple underpass Black-faced singer, white-faced clown Better not show your faces after the sun goes down I'm in the red-light district like a cop on the beach Living in a nightmare on Elm Street When you're down on New Bellum Put your money in your shoe Don't ask what your country can do for you Cash on the bellhead Money to burn Dilly Plaza, make a left-hand turn I'm going down to the crossroads, gonna fly a ride The place where faith, hope and charity died Shoot him while he runs, boy, shoot him while you can See if you can shoot the invisible man Goodbye, Charlie. Goodbye, Uncle Sam. Frankly, my scholar, I don't give a damn. What is the truth? Where did it go? Ask Oswald and Ruby Leona, no. Shut your mouth, say the wise old owl. Business is business, and it's a murder most found. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my Blueprint for Success, a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one -on -one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to barrycats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, 
we can take your career so far that one day, instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. In your opinion, why yeah. did he leave his wedding ring and $170 on the counter of his home where his wife and children were if he thought that he was going to come back alive? No, he wouldn't be coming back alive. He, if he could, he he was there. He said, he said, if I stay, that will be one less bullet aimed at Kennedy. He told me he thought that he would be found shot dead with a rifle in his hands. I'm going to tell you something that people don't understand. They talk about this curtain rod thing that that uh, Wesley Bill Frazier. If he carried curtain rods there and they suddenly disappeared. And nobody saw them inside. But imagine, remember, if you're a sniper and you're supposed to, Lee said, why are they doing this and bringing me into this group? Because he said, I'm not that good. I am not that good. So he was, everybody who was a sniper, they're supposed to be working with their rifles all the time and, you know, sighting them in and, and practicing and target practicing. Yet this rifle he is supposed to have used sat on the floor in the garage for 11 weeks at the Payne's garage. He's supposed to have taken it apart after taking it out of this blanket, okay, putting it into a paper bag. The bag has no marks in it, no oil, even though it had Cosmoline all over the darn rifle, all right? He's supposed to put it together again with a dime because there were no tools to put it together with at the Texas School Book Depository after somehow sneaking it in. The fact of the matter is they first found a Mauser and later they found a Carcano rifle and suddenly the Mauser disappears. Now, I here's what I think happened. Lee knows that he's supposed to bring a firearm in if he's part of this group. I think he brought the, the this is just speculation, but I think knowing him that he probably brought these curtain rods from a distance. It looked like a gun. He is carrying it under his arm in military style, just like you would if you were carrying a rifle and you were on parade. It is under his arm and he's swinging along. He's holding it under his, cupped under his hand. That's not the way you usually carry curtain rods, but that's the way it was described. Then they disappear well. I think that he was pretending to bring in a, a firearm. They saw it from a distance. And I think he told one person that he was bringing a Mauser in. I think he was telling the other one he's bringing a Carcano. And that's why they had both of them, you know, ready to uh, trace to him. And they had to uh, finally decide which one to use because he didn't bring anything in. Why did he think he was going to die? Who was going to kill him and why? Oh, because he was in too deep. He had, by that, by that Sunday, he had also sent off warnings that, that, uh, to someone, I think it was to the FBI, just as he'd done before. And he said they wouldn't leave him alone, that he was seeing too many faces, and therefore he didn't think he was going to survive. Now, what's interesting is that the $170 had been saved, oh, for quite a while, for several weeks, and he left that for Marina. The ring he left to me, that was a message to me, that he was not, in his mind, you know, he was leaving for good if he managed to escape somehow and we always hoped you know you think you're you think you think you're immortal when you're that young we always had this hope that maybe we'll make it out alive and i think when he left that ring behind his hope was that we would meet again that's what i believe
Do you know he came to me in a dream? Now, please don't think I'm, I'm not that sentimental. I've only had a couple of dreams about him. But in this dream, he came and gave me a kiss. And it was a holy kiss. It was very interesting. Before I spoke out, there was a dream I had a nightmare over and over again. I saw Lee like on a big Ferris wheel. It was going around and around and they were shooting at him. And then he'd fall out and he'd land on the, he'd land on the ground and, and like red flames came out of like a skull. It was, I would wake up screaming. After I spoke out, I don't have any of those anymore. So have you ever met his wife? We spoke on the phone briefly once, but there's been a great, here's the thing. Marina has a problem in that she spoke um, under duress, but nevertheless, she spoke under oath. She said things under oath that she knows were not true. She can't even verify or deny certain things that simply didn't happen. In our book uh, that I put out, it's coming out in August, uh, it's called Kennedy and Oswald, the big picture, we have evidence and proof uh, exactly of, of what was going on in the Payne household and how Lee and Marina were treated and how they were babysat you know, sitting uh, Marina. They compromised her. A lot of people said, oh, how mean Lee Oswald was because he didn't let her learn English. I want to tell you what Lee Oswald did for his wife. If she had learned English, she could have been accused of being a spy for the USSR. He kept her so isolated that she couldn't learn or talk to very many people. He did that to protect her. A lot of people don't understand that. Tommy, can you hear me on the Acid Queen? I'm riding in a long black Lincoln limousine Riding in the back seat next to my wife Heading straight on into the afterlife I'm leading to the left, I got my head in a lap Oh Lord, I've been led into some kind of a trap well, we ask no quarter, no quarter do we give. We're right down the street, from the street where you live. They mutilated his body and they took out his brain. What more could they do? They piled on the pain. But his soul was not there where it was supposed to be at. The last 50 years, they've been searching for that. Freedom, oh freedom, freedom over me. I hate to tell you, mister, but only dead men are free. Send me some love and tell me no lies. the gun in the gutter and walk on by Wake up little Susie, let's go for a drive Cross the Trinity River, let's keep hope alive Turn the radio on, don't touch the dials 
Parkland Hospital, only six more miles. You got me dizzy, Miss Lizzie. You fill me with lead. That magic bullet of yours has gone to my head. I'm just a patsy like Patsy Cline. Never shot anyone from in front or behind. Got blood in my eye, got blood in my ear. I'm never gonna make it to the new frontier. Zubitus film I've seen that before. Seen it 33 times, maybe more. It's vile and deceitful, it's cruel and it's mean. Ugliest thing that you ever have seen. They killed him once and they killed him twice. Killed him like a human sacrifice. The day that they killed him, someone said to me, son, the age of the Antichrist has just only begun. Air Force One coming in through the gate Johnson sworn in at 2.38 Let me know when you decide to throw in the towel It is what it is And it's murder most foul What made you decide to finally come forward? It was December 26, 1998, when my daughter went off on her honeymoon that I got the film out, JFK, which I refused to watch before then. I was afraid I'd break down in front of the kids. And I watched it, and I was very ashamed of myself because in there it says silence is cowardice. And here I had been silent. I... I couldn't bear it anymore. I realized I had put off all those years and tried to live with it. All the years that I never looked, not even once. I was the most ignorant person. I did not even know that Jack Ruby was the one who shot Lee. Jack knew him. But what it is, they had uh, introduced Jack to me as Sparky Rubenstein. And I only saw the back of this man when he shot Lee. And I remember screaming and, and I remember throwing up and that's all. I remember for two days. Well, anyway, from then on, I never even looked at a newspaper uh, uh, article or anything. I was completely 100% out of it. I, I, I couldn't bear to look at any of it. I started writing and I, and I contacted uh, 48 hours and they said, wow, we're sending you to 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes investigated me for 14 months, tried three times to film, got stopped three times. So you've been dedicating your life for the last 20 years to clear Lee Harvey Oswald's name. Well, I want to ask you a very personal question that I want you to give me the answer to. If the roles were reversed and you were married to Lee Harvey Oswald and you knew he was having an affair with a woman, would you still be working for 20 years to clear his name knowing that he was a guy who was unfaithful to you 
and cheated on you and dishonored you and your children. Are you, if you only understood the relationship that he had with Marina Oswald, you, I don't think he would. I, for example, Nigel Turner came with our, the documentary, The Love Affair, where I talked about Lee and our relationship. He showed it to Marina Oswald. She looked at it and she said, well, he had an affair. And Marina was compromised and was forced to lie and under oath. And she would, her position that she is in is that she would be, go to prison for perjury if she actually spoke out. I'm very proud of her. And our, the book was dedicated to her and to the two girls. All right. Now, don't put me in a position that would never happen because like Lee said, and, and I'm going to say this just once, he said whether even if the very heavens had folded away, we would have found each other. And, and at my age, let them do what they want to me. I'm telling you, I will stand firm forever for this man, this innocent man, this good man, this man who really had to marry someone when he was in the Soviet Union so he could continue his mission and not be deported. Can anyone who's still alive today be held accountable to the assassination of JFK? Yes. Yes. There aren't nearly as many of them as there were in 1998 and 1999 when I got so many problems. Here's the thing. These people groom and put in place the uh, heirs to what they, the mischief they've done. Now, I, had a, I, I call him my son. There's, his name is St. John Hunt. He is the son of the famous Watergate burglar and CIA agent who confessed that the CIA, and we must not forget that, the CIA was responsible for what happened. You can have all kinds of uh, involvement with the mafia and involvement with the FBI and so on, but the CIA is the one that could have, well, actually the Secret Service was involved as well. These people hated Kennedy, and not, not all of them. You understand, I feel I've been protected sometimes by some of the CIA agents that might be out there. They're not all bad. They wanted to serve their country just like Lee did. But the people I'm talking about were willing to kill to get what they needed, get what they wanted. And yeah, and I can tell you who's lying. I, I know when somebody's lying. I've got a whole list of the people who have lied. It's easy. Uh, for example, they interviewed this guy at Riley's. He said, well, Lee Oswald would sit there, you know, during breaks with dazed look on his face smoking. Lee didn't smoke. I mean, there are things like that that are easy to pick out. Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, 
you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. So all your stories are drowning in the ocean. You can only save one holy shit, I can't believe this story. The American people, it's obscure. They don't know anything about this. It might have been in a book here or a passage there. Tell our audience if you had to pull one story that was drowning in the ocean out of all of them, the number one highlight, holy crap, I can't believe this, the American people will be blown away when they hear this story about what happened around this crime. Tell our audience what it would be. I'm going to tell you something. There are only, I've looked in through the history books, there are only a few, only a few stories where you find out that there was a great love affair going on. Now, however you may put it in your mind, I say, holy cow, <laughs> wow, or whatever, sounds so trivial or so mundane. But what's going to endure is our love. That's what's going to endure. That is what is going to reach people. It's going to reach their hearts. And they'll know why I did this, how much I loved him, how much he loved me. And that, you see, the fact that love can conquer all things, that's the biggest thing of all. What's new, Pussycat? What I say? I said the soul of a nation will turn away. And it's beginning to go into a slow decay. And then it's 36 hours past Judgment Day. Wolfman Jack, he's speaking in tongues. He's going on and on and on at the top of his lungs. Play me a song, Mr. Wolfman Jack. Play it for me in my long Cadillac. Play me that only the good die young. Take me to the place Tom Dooley was hung. They say James Infirmary in the court of King James. If you want to remember, you better write down the name. Play it at James too. Play it rather go blind. Play it for the man with a telepathic mind. Play John Lee Hooker. Play Scratch My Back. Play it for that strip club owner named Jack. Guitar Slim going down slow. Play it for me and for Marilyn Monroe. Is there any kind of hope or path to justice for 
you, Oswald's family, the Kennedy family, America and the world coming up in the future? And if so, what is, in your opinion, going to happen that will help change everything forever? Well, I look at Joan of Arc. I mean, uh, I'm no Joan of Arc, but I've, I've suffered. And what I noticed is that God doesn't necessarily protect you from suffering or anything like that. But nobody today thinks that Joan of Arc was a witch. Now, what I'm trying to get at is that Lee Oswald, by the way, the majority of people who uh, have even checked a, a few of the YouTube uh, scenarios, like Akilah Clemens saying, I saw two people shooting at uh, Officer Tippin. Neither one of them was Oswald, and I was told to shut up or I'd be sorry. We have all those now on the internet. We have people can find out soon um, if they just are careful what they look at. If you want to go and listen to the History Channel, where a former FBI, uh, CIA agent is telling everybody he's going to do an independent investigation when he gets his paycheck, his retirement check from the CIA. Uh, people who are in the know are just laughing their heads off. And that's the way it is. Many people now know the truth, and this is being ignored. We had hundreds of comments that History Channel erased. Those comments were saying, are you crazy? What are you talking about that Lee Oswald killed Kennedy? We know better. And this is the preponderance of those who are speaking out. They know the difference because it doesn't take very long, and it doesn't take more than a double-digit IQ to figure out that Lee Oswald was framed. It's right there on YouTube. And I will not be quiet either until they shut me up. By the way, I have thousands and thousands of friends. They have helped so much to, to keep me safe, to uh, make sure that this, the word gets out. There are many interviews. There are, of course, there's the book Me and Lee. There's the book David Ferry, Mafia Pilot. There are these um, many interviews. And uh, they tried to stop it for a while, but they keep putting them out there anyway, like the love affair was only shown five times and it was banned. We had two presidents, two former presidents that objected to it. We had the Lyndon Johnson uh, uh, estate, you know, going to sue the History Channel. Well, the History Channel has capitulated. But guess what? The love affair is still out there, still being seen. I still get messages uh, from people saying, I didn't know about this. It's spreading. It's been wonderful, and I have all co complete confidence in the people who are kind, humane, people deep down aren't fooled all the time, and that's the bottom line. Awesome. Before I say goodbye to you, I'd be remiss if there's something that you want to say or you want me to ask you that you've never told anybody about. Here's the thing. One of the objections has been that, oh, Lee Oswald was homosexual. Lee had to penetrate certain groups. Let me tell you, the homosexual underground in New Orleans in particular, they had, they had the goods on many vulnerable people. For example, and if you look at Dallas, look at General Walker. Did you know he was a homosexual? And the only way you can get information from some of these people are to actually have homosexual friends. So Lee is in investigating all this. I know one time he came to me, he said, he said, Judefki, he called me Judefki because we could speak Russian together. My mother and friends used to call me Judefsky. And Lee said, no, that's not good Russian. He said, it has to be Judefki. So he called me Judefki. 
And he said, Judufke, he said, you've got to give me a kiss. And I said, what's the matter? He said, I just have to be kissed. I, I've got to be around a woman. I can't, I've been around all these homosexuals. <laughs> and I, so I just want to share that, that we had very open minds. Lee and I would sit in the back of the bus together with the blacks. We were civically uh, civil rights oriented and we were oriented for the rights of blacks, oriented for the rights of homosexuals or anybody else. We felt it was wrong. But like Lee said, he felt like the human body, a woman and a man, they would fit together like a puzzle, is the way he put it. Also, he had interesting ideas about religion I wanted to share because uh, he was an agnostic. And I asked him, well, what is your viewpoint on religion? Because I had once be wanted to become a nun. And then I felt very disappointed with things like um, the Holocaust and so on. And he said, well, it's like this, he said. You have all these different religions, and they all say they heard from God, and they all have their own ideas about what God told them. He said, therefore, I don't think that God is a good communicator, and therefore, I'm not responsible. So he had so much wisdom for his age and for his youth. He played a darn good game of chess, too. So I'm just trying to say that this was a very human person. He loved Kennedy, and this is the one story I want everyone to hear. And Marina Oswald has told it as well. But when little Patrick Kennedy died in October, okay, of 1963, Lee Oswald, hearing of it, broke down and wept. That's how much he loved the Kennedys. That's why he did everything he could to try to save President Kennedy. I didn't even like President Kennedy. I came from the University of Florida. I was with all these anti-Castro people. They told me how horrible and hateful Kennedy was. I had admired him when I was in high school, wrote a letter uh, to him, in, you know, offering my services to my country. And here, uh, the I, I came to New Orleans when I met Lee. I said, I just can't stand Kennedy. He said, I have to teach you an awful lot then. Because this, he said, this is a great man, a great president. And he tried all he could to try to save him. I just am so grateful and so humbled. Thank you so much. Well, God bless you and God bless everyone hearing what I had to say. I hope it sticks with them and they understand that this is about justice for Kennedy. And this is about justice for everybody then. Play, please don't let me be misunderstood. Play it for the first lady, she ain't feeling too good. Play Don Henley, play Glenn Fry. Take it to the limit and let it go by. Play it for Kyle Wilson, too. Looking far, far away down Gower Avenue. Play tragedy, play twilight time. Take me back to Tulsa to the scene of the crime. Play another one and another one bites the dust. Play the old rugged cross and in God we trust. Ride the pink horse down that long lonesome road. Stand there and wait for his head to explode. Play mystery train for Mr. Mystery. The man who fell down dead like a rootless tree. Play it for the Reverend, play it for the pastor. Play it for the dog that got no master. Play Oscar Peterson, play Stan Gantz. 
Play blue sky, play diggy bags Play hot pepper, thoroughness monk Charlie Parker and all that junk All that junk and all that jazz Play something for the Birdman of Alcatraz Play Buster Keaton Play Herr Lloyd Play Bugsy Seagull Play Pretty Boy Floyd Play the numbers Play the odds Play Crimea River For the Lord of the Gods Play number nine Play number six Play it for Nancy and Stevie Nick Play Nat King Cole, play Nature Boy Play down in the boondocks for Terry Malloy Play it happened one night, at white night of sin There's 12 million souls that are listening in Play Merchant of Venice, play Merchants of Death Tell them I style out for Lady Macbeth Don't worry, Mr. President Help's on the way Your brothers are coming There'll be hell to pay Brothers, what brothers? What's this about hell? Tell them we're waiting, keep coming We'll get them as well Love Field is where his plane touched down But it never did get back up off of the ground It was a hard act to follow Second to none They killed him on the altar of the rising sun It ain't misty for me And that old devil moon Play anything goes Memphis in June Play lonely at the top And lonely at the break Play it for Houdini Spinning around his way Play Jelly Roll Morton Play Lucille Play deep in a dream And play driving wheels Play Moonlight Sonata in F sharp And the key to the highway of the king of the heart Play marching through Georgia in Dunbarton's drums Play darkness and death will come when it comes Play love me or leave me by the great bird Play the bloodstained banner, play murder most foul
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I want to talk to you about an amazing documentary that I worked on a few years back called I Killed JFK, which was unlike anything I ever did in my life. It centered on a man who'd been in prison for 30 years, was the only person in history to have admitted to killing Kennedy, and his story is unbelievable. He started as a runner for the mob. He was hired to drive two hitmen from that city around Dallas, and he ended up being the guy who calibrated their weapons. And he was there that day with one of his own and took the fatal shot that killed John F. Kennedy on the grassy knoll. His story, the footage, the interviews, never been seen before. You can't find them anywhere else except on this documentary. So go to barrycats.com to the merch page and buy the documentary with the rare interviews of the five greatest historical experts in the world, many of which you'll hear on the next three weeks of podcasts. So just go to barrycats.com, the merch page, Pick up the documentary and interviews, and I guarantee it will reverse the way you feel about what happened that day in 1963 and change your opinion of the government and how it works and alter the way you think about things forever. Lastly, I want to talk to you about something really impactful and involves something really close to my heart, self-education. You see, throughout my life, I realized that every success I've ever achieved in my career has come from the education I received from my experiences in the business. And I truly believe that we all have the knowledge inside of us that others would kill for. And by sharing that, we can open up an entirely new world of possibilities for ourselves. That's why I'm so excited to tell you that I partnered up with my friend Tony Robbins, who's been number one in this field for 40 years. Along with his team of experts, Dean Graziosi and Russell Brunson, they'll show you how to take that valuable knowledge in your mind and turn it into an incredibly profitable mastermind workshop or event, just like they have and continue to do in their careers. And they're launching a new training program that's literally changing people's lives by helping people like you be a part of this $129 billion a year business. So it's an incredible opportunity for someone like yourself to build your own business, share your knowledge, and help and serve people in a huge way with the guidance of Tony Robbins, the best in the business. He's actually going to teach people like you how to make big money and build a successful business. So if you're ready to take your life to the next level, they're doing a free live training session today at barrykbb.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-K-B-B.com. Look, I've done over 440 free podcast episodes of Industry Standard. And because of your incredible response, it's reinforced my belief that we're morally obligated to share and pass on our knowledge with the world and help other people in those ways. I truly believe this. And I really love this groundbreaking training program and how it can turn your knowledge into an extraordinary amount of money. So just go to barrykbb.com, that's B-A-R-R-Y-K-B-B.com, to this free training session with the best in the business, Tony Robbins. I guarantee you, it will change your life forever. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get out the money.
drive that fancy car All the people love you Cause you're going far Life is for the dreamers They have all to gain It's never quite over Till it all feels the same You pick your own poison Dig your own grave Down in the valley A fortune Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to barrykatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support, and have a great day.